The Political Process Podcast, hosted by activist and youth politician Clayton Herbst, with youth activist guest stars from around the country. Together we are explaining the American political process and diving deep into the details of the system. Episode 4, Legal Requirements and Filing for Office. In this episode, we discuss the requirements of different federal offices and the process of filing for office. Today we are joined by young conservative Clayton W. Gregory from Richland, Missouri. Clayton is politically active and a force for change in his local community. He is also a member of the Order of D. Malay, working to better young men and serving his community. Thank you for joining me today, Clayton. I'm glad to be on. So, Clayton, you've done a lot of research and are very interested in the Constitution, right? Yes, I have. The Constitution is a basic structure of any government, whether that is state or federal. It provides the structure of the government itself. It is important to point out that there are both state and federal constitutions. The constitution of any country is important because of the fact that it lays down all the legal and cultural aspects under which its people and the government bodies will be governed, and that too when there are foreign interactions in the personal affairs. Yeah, so can you tell me, what are the requirements to run for Congress? Let's begin with the United States House of Representatives, and that's mainly focused on Article 1 of the Constitution. So we're going to begin with uh, Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution. It is, No person shall be a representative who shall not have attained the age of 25 years and been seven years as a citizen of the United States. Well, we're going to break that down. So first it says, No person shall be a representative who has not attained the age of 25 years. So first you must be 25 years to be elected in the House of Representatives. You don't have to be born in the United States, but you can still be elected is really interesting. How many representatives right now are naturalized citizens? Currently, 23 representatives who were not born in the United States. That is amazing. And what is that final requirement? And who shall not, when elected, be inhabited of which state in which he shall be chosen? And I'm going to use my district representative, for example, Vicki Hartzler. Um, she cannot represent the first congressional district because she does not live in the first congressional district because she lives in the fourth. That's basically what it means. It's really incredible to note that the founders of the Constitution put in that protection that whoever is representing those people have to live in that same area, so you can't be elected and then move away. Now, what about the Senate? United States Senate, the upper house, not the large house. And um, and that's really focused on Article One, Section 3 of the Constitution is where the Senate's in. And I'm going to quote that too. No person shall be a senator who shall not have attained the age of 30 years and been nine years a citizen of the United States, and who shall not, when elected, be an inhabitant of the state for which he shall be chosen. A lot of similarities between the requirements of a representative and a senator. The Senate is the upper house, upper house and it requires you to be older and be the age of 35 years. Now, the same for having to be older but yet to be resident in the United States longer that and that you currently there are five sitting senators in the Senate right now that are not born in the United States. Then following that where it says being an inhabitant of the state which you shall be chosen, it's the same thing with the um, representatives. An important protection for the people. Now, do you have an example? Like say uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren. I know Clayton, a strong supporter of her, cannot represent us here in Missouri because she does not live here in Missouri. As much as I'd like her to represent us, yeah, she can only represent Massachusetts because that's where she lives. Now, what are the requirements for president and vice president? Go back into the uh, Constitution again, and uh, the executive branch is outlined in Article 2 compared to how the how Congress or the legislative branch is outlined in Article 1. 
I actually have a trick to remember the different articles of the Constitution. It's called Ledge Racer. Legislative, Executive, Judicial, Relationships Among the States, Amendments, Supremacy Clause, and Ratification Article. Let's go with Article 2, Section 1, and I will quote, No person except a natural-born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of president, neither shall any person be eligible to the, that office who shall not have obtained the age of 35 years and been 14 years of resident within the United States. Key point there. You must have been a natural-born citizen of the United States in order to be president. You, we can't have somebody that was born in Germany as president. Now, what does it mean by a resident of the United States for 14 years? And what that means is, say if President Trump was born here in the United States, in New York, this is an example, and then he moves away to Germany for a little bit, but then he comes back, he has to be in the United States 14 years, and he can still be eligible to run for president because he was born here in the United States. An important distinction between citizenship and residency. And um, it says, or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this constitution. And that means when this constitution was adopted, anybody that was deemed a citizen by the founding fathers would be eligible to run for president because some of them did live in England and the United Kingdom. Oh, and then the next we have the age requirements. Um, for presidents, 35. If you guys haven't caught it on, so we have the House, which is which is the lower house of Congress, their age is 25. Then we move up to the Senate, their age is 30. Then let's go up five more years and you have a president. So there's, there's a common factor in between those with increasement of five right there. Now, five is an interesting number to choose between age requirements because the House seat is for two years. A Senate seat is for six years with that midterm election. And then a president's term is for four years. So there's actually no term for five years, which means that most people, if they're climbing the ladder, so to speak, would be in an office when they run. Yeah. Now, in my personal campaign, I've had to officially file for office. How does one do that for federal offices? Um, first and foremost, um, you have to meet the constitutional requirements to be able to run. And we did outline those here, just here not too long ago. And first have to meet those. That's the main thing you want to look at when you're going to run for a Senate, the Senate. Quite important. You will not be able to file for office with the FEC, the Federal Election Committee, if you are not eligible to run. Now, how does federal filing and requirements compare to state filing and requirements? State legislatures, it's going to be different for Kansas how it is for Missouri. It's just going to be different. So make sure you read your constitution and stuff before you run, decide to run for the office. Then you need to be, uh, go to your respective filing location. Uh, to my and for Missouri, ours is at the state capitol, and most, to my knowledge, is in state capitals because that's a central location that all candidates running for office know. It is important being in a central location for offices of the state government, like the Secretary of State, that one will need to see if they are planning on running. Uh, when arrived, you will receive a declaration of candidacy form. You need to fill that out first so you can officially file for candidacy for the United States Senate. Then you will need a paid paper receipt from the political party for the filing fee, which for senator is $200 here in Missouri. 
Proof of identity will be the next thing you will need. Now, this is off topic compared to federal offices, but in Missouri, you would, you would need a Form 5120, otherwise known as a candidate affidavit of tax payments and bonding requirements, which in the affidavit you will state that you are not delinquent in any payment of state income taxes, personal property taxes, the real property taxes on your place of residence as stated on your declaration of candidacy, that you are not a past or present corporate, corporate office of any motor vehicle and driver's license office that owes any taxes to the state which you need to get signed off before a notary and have it noted. Then that's pretty much all the how to file, but then you need to go through your primaries. I'm not much as a political person as Clayton is, as you guys can tell, but I do engage in different um, campaigns. I recently started helping a ca uh, campaign for my uh, local sheriff race because I wanted to start low before I went high. And um, unfortunately, he did lost, but we tried our best and kept on working with him and knocking on doors. And this was pre-COVID-19, of course. But um, I, I'm on Facebook, um, Clayton W. Gregory, and I, that's where I always go by. Um, I think I'm on Instagram as the Clayton Gregory. If you want to follow me, I'm on TikTok as firefighter underscore Clayton. I am a uh, junior firefighter, and I enjoy helping people and stuff it's really fun i also um own and operate a facebook facebook page that uh gives out information quote unquote news for my local town and we do different things around the town that was clayton w gregory political volunteer young journalist member of the order of demolay photographer and force for change thank you for being here clayton thank you that was episode four of the Political Process Podcast, Legal Requirements and Filing for Office. In this episode, we discuss the requirements of different federal and state offices and the process of filing for office. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Political Process Podcast, hosted and edited by Clayton Herbst. Thank you to our special guests for joining us today. Tune in next time. Release dates every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday.